is the Rich Eisen Show. I'm going to guarantee this is a great segment. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Like, what's the downside of guarantee? Like, this, this whole thing is hilarious. Mike McCarthy said, we're going to win the game. We're is going to win. Is it a guarantee, though? Of course it is. We're watering down the definition of a guarantee. Like, Joe Willie Namath is like, that's not a guarantee, guys. <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show. They don't ask you how, they ask you how many. Today's guests host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, plus ESPN host and broadcaster, Chris Fowler. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Well, hey everybody, it's uh, time for another edition of the Rich Eisen Show here in Los Angeles, California. Here on this Monday, getting ready for Monday Night Football to wrap up a very entertaining Week 14 in the National Football League. I'll be sitting there on the Westwood One uh, pregame and halftime show for you to get you ready for Arizona versus the Los Angeles Rams. It's the fourth and final game this week between a division leader and somebody that was two games behind them. Um, The only team to have won that game so far, the Cleveland Browns, the Raiders, uh, lost that game. And last night, as you saw, the Bears lost a game to somebody leading the division. And we also know uh, coming into this weekend, uh, we we had uh, uh, a lot going on with a, with a lot of division leaders, like the Dallas Cowboys being two in front of the Washington football team needing to hold on to dear life. So the Washington football team lost their opportunity to get one closer. And the Cleveland Browns took the opportunity that the Raiders could not take advantage of. We'll see what the Rams do tonight. Chris Brockman, good to see hey, you hey. over there. How are you, sir? Rich, what's up, man? Mike Del Tufo, DJ Mikey D. Good to see you, Rich. TJ Jefferson holding up his How About Them Cowboys. Uh, uh, Hello, world. Right over there is a little grease board. Good to see you. We'll you talk doing? about the Cowboys later on in this hour. Uh, the, the first item up for bids in my mind. Uh, involves the uh, defending Super Bowl champion uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Buffalo Bills. It involves teams with the Super Bowl aspirations, both of them coming in to different uh, conferences. Let's uh, smash them all together, even though Bills fans are like, we've been through this movie before. <laughs> um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, I mentioned in my four down segment uh, last week in my hot take, saying that the Packers and Bucks won't lose a game for the rest of the season. Um, Packers were trailing at halftime, and the Bucks were up by 21 and uh, needed overtime to beat the Buffalo Bills in the Packers, who we'll talk about later on this hour, took care of business there uh, eventually to now uh, dominate the NFC North as the Bucs are now dominating the NFC South. They are four up with four to play in that division. Believe it or not, um, they're on the verge of winning the NFC South for the first time since 2007. Oh, yeah, that's right. Tom Brady was a wild card quarterback in last year's playoffs. Winning all his games on the road with the Buccaneers on the way to winning it all. And you could see they're a different team this year. They're a different team this year. They're a team that is a lot more comfortable in its own skin with one another. They're a team that can actually face down adversity and win football games. And uh, a way that they could not in the first three months of last season. And Tom Brady is still Tom freaking Brady. (laughs) And it really is something that, you know, I'm sure a lot of fans who are sick and tired of hearing about Tom Brady being TB12 and all that um, don't want to hear much anymore. But it's too bad because what we're it is too bad. What we're seeing bears focus and repeating because we're not going to see it repeated again. 
what we're seeing is unprecedented quarterback play from a man who father time already would have had sat on the bench a long time ago. A 44-year-old quarterback still doing it and doing it well, as my friend Stuart Scott, may he rest in peace, would say. He improved yesterday by leaps and bounds, even in having a second half in which the offense was sputtering, allowing the Buffalo Bills to come back into it. And we'll talk about the Bills in a second. But I am feeling more confident than ever in my choice of the Bucks to win the Super Bowl this year and not hopping off that bandwagon on Thanksgiving despite <laughs> Arizona's terrific football play all year long and Aaron Rodgers trying to win a back-to-back MVP award that he is currently in line to do. No question about all that. And I understand that there are some other teams like your Dallas Cowboys who are, in my mind, playing way too inconsistently for me to think is going to be the team to hoist the Lombardi Trophy up the road from us here in the Rich Eisen Show Los Angeles studios at SoFi Stadium. Rams as well. I look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I see a defense that can make some plays when necessary, and I see a quarterback that is unparalleled. Unparalleled. At age 44. Improving to 33-3 and in his career against the Buffalo Bills, and in so doing, his second career overtime walk-off touchdown pass to Brashad Perriman. Got it. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Only catch of the day. Only catch of the day. Got it. Okay. Mike Evans, <laughs> the guy who holds every receiving record in, in uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers receiving history. And Mike Evans was actually the receiver who caught Tom Brady's 7,143rd career completion. That's the most ever. Didn't give that ball away. And that, yeah, he did not. Uh, he did give away the subsequent touchdown pass that, thank God, wasn't Brady's 700th career <laughs> touchdown pass. That was the one that Brashad Perriman took to the house and hopefully did not give away to somebody. But the Brady completion record, all-time completion record, was completed on a pass that shows you why Brady is as good as he is and is still upright and playing as well as he is at age 44. He was clearly a cooked goose in the pocket, flips it up in the air, and flips it to a spot that he knew his receiver, as he was beginning to reach the top of his route, was going to turn towards Brady threw that football before Evans turned. He knew where Evans was going to go, and he lollipop rainbowed it to Evans. And remarkably, that completion set up eventually Tom Brady's sneak for a touchdown, his 10th touchdown as a 40-year-old, tying the mark of Jerry Rice for most career touchdowns as a 40-something in the history of the NFL. He has a Jerry Rice touchdown record. <laughs> Scoring Tom Brady, as well as uh, the all-time mark. He's the first ever quarterback in the 700 touchdown pass club. He now has the record for all-time completions. And then he beats the Buffalo Bills for 33rd time. And in setting the record for his 700th career touchdown pass, to Perryman to, for the win over the Bills.
That's his 72nd career touchdown pass against the Bills, which ties Dan Marino's mark against the Jets for most by any quarterback against any franchise in history. Oh, it also ties Brady's mark against the Dolphins. 72 against the Dolphins, 72 against the Bills. Yes, I looked it up, his record against the Jets, because he's facing them in Week 17. Just a mere 61 against the Jets, which is boggling to me, because it feels like 122. It feels like double. <laughs> and, I'll, I, you know, so top of his game, Fournette's running his head off. They've got a running game to go along with it. They have an offensive line that can protect the quarterback, and they're not even at full strength, because we assume Mr. Fake Vax card is going to be coming back for the team at some point when we he's did, ready. We do? I'm assuming that's going to happen, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming they'll look the other way and say, let's try and win a championship this year and say adios to him. That's my guess right now. And they've got Shaq Barrett, and they've got Dominic and Sue, and they've got Vita Vea, and they've got Levante David, and they've got Devin White, and they've got Richard Sherman picking passes off, and they've got Murphy Bunting, and they've got a defense that was bending, no doubt, in the second half yesterday. But that's my Super Bowl team still through 14 weeks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's what I took out of that game, even though they almost blew it. And Brady has had only one game in his career in which he's led by 21 and lost. He still has only that one loss against the Bills. (laughs) Right. One of the three losses against the Bills remarkably almost became a fourth loss career against the Bills and second such loss for him in his career. Didn't happen. Let's turn to the Bills here. I know... A lot of folks are thinking the sky is falling, certainly since Josh Allen hobbled out of Raymond James in a walking boot. And I want our eye kept on that over the next three hours before we hear about it. But this team that's now 7-6 and six because they lost for a 33rd time to Tom Brady. And in so doing, Tom Brady remarkably, once again, with a win against the Bills, helps the Patriots, even though he's not a Patriot. Because that now gives the Patriots, who are on a bye week, sitting back like Red Hour back in a chair, lighting a cigar with their hands behind their head, feet on the desk. They now lead the AFC West East by uh, two. They lead the AFC East by two games. They're nine and four, and the Bills are seven and six. And it's really two and a half games because they've already beaten the Bills on their home turf, as we all know. Doesn't look good for the Bills to be printing home playoff tickets. And that's not something that Bills fans thought would be the case going into the final four games of the longest regular season ever. Certainly not after they started 4-1 and one with a four-game win streak after a difficult home loss to start the season against the Steelers. But they're 3-5 and five since. They're 7-6 and six overall. It certainly looks like the division is not going to be theirs and they're going to have to go on the road and win playoff games. And I think they can do it. I think they can do it. And again, I know that the sky is falling on Buffalo Bills fans right now. And all I will say is this two things for you. One, you probably and I have to face Tom Brady again. That's number one. <laughs> like ever? Like ever again. <laughs> like ever again. I already looked it up. Unless next year, next year, if we're playing, if it's Brady's final, final um, game of the year, I mean, final season of his career next year, if he doesn't retire this year with a second consecutive Super Bowl win, uh, unless of course they go to the Super Bowl, it, that's what I'm saying. It just looks like you're not going to face Brady again. The odds are you'll never see Tom Brady again. You're assuming Brady's going to retire, Rich. 
Well, <laughs> yes, that's number one. <laughs> and then number two, number two for the Buffalo Bills is maybe, maybe, just maybe, you can be the Bucks of last year. What do I mean by that? If you recall, the Bucks last year were seven and five. Right around the seven and six mark is the Bills right now. They fell to seven and five after losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. And everybody thought, well, that's that. They just went against the team, right? In the Kansas City Chiefs, who had, you know, gone to the last two Super Bowls. And the Kansas City Chiefs were your defending Super Bowl champs, right? You lost to them, so that's your measuring stick. And you're seven and six now, and you just lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, correct? It was seven and five they were back then. But in the second half of that game, they were on fire, weren't they? They took care of business, and Romo said, maybe just maybe they'll see each other in the Super Bowl later on this year, and that happened to be the case, and they beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So, what I saw out of the Bills in the second half of that game, I saw Devin Singletary run the football. Did you see that? In the second half? Right. I saw a running game, and I saw also Josh Allen did wind up in a walking boot with a 100-yard rushing performance, and I saw Josh Allen... Making some terrific throws. He found Diggs, man. man. He found Davis. He found Emmanuel Sanders before he went out and got hurt. He found Cole Beasley. Dawson Dawson Knox. Knox. I saw the ball spread out all over the place. And I saw the defense start making plays against Brady with, obviously, all due respect to the way the game ended. I saw some really positive things. Yes, Bills fans... I thought it was pass interference in the end zone at the end of regulation. But when the ball is thrown over the head of the play, it does give, certainly when both receiver and corner is going at it, it does, with the time left on the clock, usually wind up with with the flag staying in the, in the pocket. And in an overtime, the ball that... Brady threw to Evans that was pass interference, was underthrown, so Evans was trying to come back to the ball. That's usually when the flag comes out. Not making any excuses. I know Bills fans are livid today because they would have had the ball right there on the goal line. Still needed to score. Did force overtime. There are no silver linings in football, really, and there are also no moral victories. I looked in the standings. The Patriots don't have any of them and neither do the Bills. They're still two behind the Patriots. But what I saw at the end of that game gives me a lot of hope for Bills Mafia that they can make a nice little run right here. Got the quarterback to do it. Boy, do you have the quarterback to do it. Love that kid. Something else. Guts, moxie, whatever you want to say. Howard's serving arm, tough to put down. How many times was he gaining the edge and then getting the first down? He's just tough. And then when he keeps doing it over and over and over again, it was the first time in a long time that we saw the Bills of last year where it's like, uh, here comes Josh Allen again. How's he going to beat us? Like the ATM with his arm or with his legs? Mm-hmm. He keeps running against you with his legs. It's just like, man, how do we stop him? You can't sack him. 
It gets the defense exasperated. He can do it. So can this offense. And running the ball helps open it up a little bit. Their final four games, they're home against the Carolina Panthers, who they should maul. The Panthers don't even know which way is up anymore. Even if Cam scores to start the scoring as he did again yesterday, they all you got to do is just keep hanging in there and keep waiting, and they'll make the mistake, and then you'll start beating them up. That's the way the Carolina Panthers look to me right now. There's that game against New England the day after Christmas, and, you know, that's where the, all the division hopes will will go in. And if you lose that one and you don't win the division, you got home dates against Atlanta and the Jets to wrap it up to say farewell to the Bills fans who you might not see again this year because you're going to start the playoffs on the road. They're going to make the playoffs, guys. They're a playoff team. I think they've got the special teams and the defense and this quarterback and this offense to do it. They're sitting there in the seventh spot right now based on the tie breaks above the Browns, Bengals, and Broncos. It's the killer bees right there and the wild card and sniffing it. Four in a row at seven and six with the Colts sitting above them at seven and six. And they're going to have to go in somewhere and win a game. The Ravens are now banged up. Who knows where Lamar's coming back? The Titans are nine and four thanks to that nice run that they made earlier in the season. Is Derrick Henry going to come back? And the Bills going to Tennessee and beat the Titans? Sure they can. Sure they can. Can they go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs? They can. The Patriots are definitely the craziest one of them all. It's not over. It may feel that way. That's my message. It's not over. And what I saw at the end of that game yesterday, thought to myself, where have I seen something like this before? Oh, yes. When the Bucks lost to the defending Super Bowl champs, and we thought they were toast, and they weren't, because they went on a nice run in December, and now you've got a little bit more runway with the Jets as a nice get-right game to go into the playoffs, which you should have. They should, they should make it. I think they're going to. What do you say? 844-204-RICH. Give us a call. When we come back, Aaron Rodgers said something after beating the Bears again. <laughs> again. That, you know, certainly jumped out at me. Leapt out at me. The Dallas Cowboys winning against the Washington football team. I got an interesting question about who they are and what their possibilities of going on a run are. Urban Meyer. What a story by my colleague Tom Pelissero on NFL.com about what's going on behind the scenes there. I appreciate, T.J. Jefferson, you putting your resume on my desk today because I want you to defend it. <laughs> yeah, well, I just wanted to let you know you didn't hire that. a loser. So I just here it is, sure. my it CV, is. as they say overseas. There you go. You I appreciate know? you two, giving me your... Two pages, Rich. There it is, folks. I got I'm credits. It up. I got credits, Brockman. Uh, how, uh, how, how am I not a reference? I mean, well, a resume I, should be one page. Just saying. Well, I have uh, so much I can't condense it to one page. Five. Yeah, I mean, you put a two-pager on my desk. I thought it was your list of all the teams you root for. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, you walked into that one. Corny. You oh, walked man. Into, you Corny. Walked into that one. Well, <laughs> we'll talk about Urban by the end of the hours. Uh, uh, the you know, Jaguars followed up that story to play so hard for their coach they didn't score a point against Tennessee. And Mike Florio will be joining us top of the next hour to discuss that and whether Matt Nagy's seat just got even hotter and so on and so forth. Chris Fowler, who hosted the Heisman Trophy Award on Saturday night and will be calling the Orange Bowl and Rose Bowl on back-to-back days in Florida and California. Wow. Those are his next couple assignments, along with calling into the Rich Eisen Show in hour number three, and you should too at 844-204-RICH. Overreaction Monday still to come and more. 
Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Well done. Geography right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Well done. Okay. Uh, back here on our, uh, on our program. Uh, 844-204-RICH, number to doll here on this, uh, on this Monday show. So then. Uh, Green Bay Packers. Hey. Right? They're just on a nice roll going right now. Slow start okay. last night, but, you, you know, know. Slow start. Maybe play some special teams. Hey, man. Uh, <laughs> it, last night's first half, I think I tweeted this out, so let me get it right here. Let me open up my phone. Okay. Um, last night's first half was... It was bonkers. Insane. Yeah. It featured the following last night's first half. A pick six yep. by the Packers. Uh, a punt return touchdown, 97 yards the for the The first Bears. of the year How in the NFL. Apples? How about them apples, right? A 46-yard touchdown, a 54-yard touchdown, both by the Bears, a fourth and goal touchdown by the Packers, and then uh, right before the end of the half, a 38-yard touchdown for, for the Packers. That, that all happened. Those were the six touchdowns wow. in the first half. And there were lead changes nonstop over and over. And the Bears took a lead to the locker room. And I'm wondering how many Bears fans out there, okay, I'm wondering how many Bears fans out there were nervous that they were leading. Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, something's, something's about to happen, you know? Like, things are going too well. Because the call was going to definitely be coming from inside the house, and that's yeah. Lambeau Field, and they knew it was coming. And I, you know, like uh, Jason was putting on his hockey mask, I guess, at halftime. 
You know, you just got to look around. It's one of the. It's just one of those when you're watching it. I just don't Bears fans feel that when you see a horror movie. It's like, hey, kids, why are you all having a good time? Somebody's with somebody's got an axe. They're coming. How do you not know? Right? Don't you hear that? I'm just music? wondering, Bears fans. You could call us eight four four two zero four rich and tell me if you actually had that feeling because I had that feeling for you. Second half comes, and then of course it all comes crashing down, and and Aaron Rodgers does what he does, and. What he does is, you know, hand it off or find another Aaron who scored twice. Devontae Adams scored again. And Aaron Rodgers, what a game. Uh, with his broken or hurt pinky toe, said the toe got worse. He felt worse after the game, is what he said. And that just proves to you as he comes up with a 29-for-37, 341-yard, four-touchdown performance. To use the Chicago parlance, Rodgers' toe is Jordan's flu. That's what it looks like to me. As Rodgers comes up with his sixth career 300-yard game against the Chicago Bears, sixth in his 22 victories, right? Tying Brett, uh, Brett Favre for most wins against the Bears. And uh, the 341 yards is the most he's ever thrown against the Bears. How about that? He's got three uh, uh, of those six games have come in the last four contests against Chicago. Seventh career game with at least four touchdown passes against the Bears. Most was he had six against them in 2014. Six. That must have been a lot of discount double checking. I think that's right around where he was doing all that stuff, right? (laughs) That was the height of the double check? It could have been. The height of the double check era, 2014, kind of smells like that. Last night was the game show commercial. When, yeah, it was right. ga- it's yeah. the game shows now yeah. and the double check era. And then in between was the, was, was the dreadful uh, Bluetooth wearing uh, agent. Oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. my God. You hated that guy. He's uh, pretty funny. Please. <laughs> Worst Rogers commercials ever. <laughs> but the thing that leapt out to me as the Packers are right on the heels of the Arizona Cardinals, rooting heavily for the Los Angeles Rams tonight because not only have they beaten the Rams, and if the Rams continue on and continue winning football games, that's a tie break that the Packers would be happy to put there on the table two weeks into January saying, we've got a higher seed. But they're in this mix for that one seed. And the thing that leaps out to me, though, is the longer-term prospects. Aaron Rodgers said this after the game, and he best get ready for question after question about this now that the regular season is coming towards an end. And a lot of us in the national media or local media are a little restless about wondering what's next because last year, the what's next that came after an incredible season was quite dire. He was asked if this was his last game against the Bears. We've been talking about the uncertainty of next year for for months. Does this feel like your your final game against the Bears as Packers quarterback? Oh, I don't know, Ryan. I mean, I'm not really thinking about that right now. Uh, I'm devoting all my energy uh, and focus to the season. And I don't know. I don't think it's my last against the Bears. Uh, You know, I feel like one of the factors in continuing to play would be you know, can I still play? Uh, do I still have it? 
can I still be effective and efficient and, and make the plays I feel like I'm capable of making? And I think the answer is yes. What an answer that was. Okay. Because, you know, I, Aaron, it's not a question about your physical viability as a quarterback to continue playing <laughs> right. at a high level. That's, that's, yeah. not, that's not what's being driven at I mean, because I don't think there's – there's, yeah, there's any doubts about yeah. that. We're watching the game. We're seeing returns, yeah. not diminishing. We're seeing lots of returns. We're seeing jackpot. That's what we're seeing. Uh, it's not a question about your viability and health. It's about you and your relationship with the Bears. I mean, with the Packers. You know, the team that has your contract. You own the Bears. Uh, so, what about that? And all I'm sitting here thinking... To myself, he's like, he doesn't think it's his last game against the Bears. Are the Bears on the Steelers' schedule next year, Chris? Okay, so we looked this up. Bears not on the Steelers' schedule. What about the Broncos' schedule? Are the Bears on the Broncos' schedule next year? Not on the Broncos' Not on the Broncos' schedule next year. Okay. There's a chance the Saints could play the Bears oh, next year. Okay. Yeah, but the that that's a that's a chance if they finish in the, in the same, same slot. Order, yeah, in the division. That, that ain't happening. Eh. <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> Perhaps it's dawning on Aaron what is so obvious to me that why would he go anywhere else? Why would he go anywhere else? He's given that I love you three finger wave every single time that they're chanting MVP as he's running into the locker room now in Lambeau Field. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Where's he going to find another Devontae Adams? Deontay Johnson, very talented. Cortland well, Sutton, very talented. Devontae Adams, talented? No. Rich, Devontae Adams, free agent. Understood. So, you know. <laughs> he pro- if Aaron stays, Devontae stays. No, but if Aaron, yeah, I'm going to Denver. There's the franchise tag can be thrown at number 17 as well, sir. Slapped. As you know, franchise tags are applied on players who don't mind it, slapped on those who don't want it. (laughs) That's the way we refer to it here in the media. You know. (laughs) So, where's he going to find also another coach like Matt LaFleur, who's plugged into him? Where's he going to find again a team? That is built like this. Yes, as much as he might have disliked crumbs or whatever, Brian Gutekunst, the latest example, Rasul Douglas is a pick six machine. Devondre Campbell had 16 tackles. You might be saying, who's he? He played in Arizona once last year. He's a guy from Minnesota that got drafted by the Falcons in 2016. He had 16 tackles last night. A lot. They don't even have Jair Alexander back. They're not even in full strength on either side of the line right now. We're assuming, we're assuming Bakhtiari's coming back. I mean, that might be a, a, a tough assumption. AJ Dillon is a bowling ball. Quadfather. That he is rolling downhill to wrap games up. Last night, they went on an eight-minute drive when the Bears were even thinking about entering the realm of making it interesting. It's an eight-minute drive. Keep rolling them downhill. And we were all like, <laughs> we were. And by the way, that's me and the rest of everybody else. What are they drafting A.J. Dillon for when they got Aaron Jones? Well, how about getting Aaron Jones two touchdowns and then sit him out and let A.J. Dillon just battering ram everybody to death, the clock and the end zone, and wrap it up? That's what. Where's Aaron Rodgers going to find that? 
So if he goes, it'll be something that, you know, the complicated fella couldn't get over. Hmm. That um, it's staring you right in the face. What a run they are on right now. What a run. And Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are neck and neck for the MVP race. And tonight, Kyler Murray in front of the whole country on the Worldwide Leader in Sports can raise his hand and say, don't forget about me, the first to 11 wins. Don't forget about me. Mr. I had four total touchdowns coming back from my ankle injury in the freezing cold rain of Chicago. So what an intriguing NFC picture we got going on. Then the question is, is what to make in this NFC playoff picture that we've got on the screen about the Dallas Cowboys at 9-4? and four? What to make of them? And I ask this question not to troll on you or the rest of Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. nation, TJ Jefferson, but this is a fact. You're going to try to. No, but, I'm not. I'm yeah. not. This is a legitimate question. Who are the Dallas Cowboys? Super Bowl contenders or the Minnesota Vikings of Texas? Oh, I mean, we're a team who is 9-4 and four in first place Got right it. now going into week Got it. But, 15. But That's... who? you are a 9-4 and four team in first place in a division that you're going to win. This thing's uh, essentially wrapped. And to me, part of the confidence that Mike McCarthy may have had, that booster shot of confidence he clearly took after coming back from COVID-19, guaranteeing when Irv was on game day morning yesterday saying it's just coach speak and all that sort of stuff, that's not coach speak. And certainly not McCarthy speak. I have no idea where it came from. But what I think where it did come from, you know, was the preparation all week. And they saw Taylor Haneke and they're like, we're going to have him for lunch. We're going to eat him alive is what we're going to do. We're going to eat him alive. And they did. I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) And they did. And they did. And the Cowboys backed up. They walked the walk of their coach's talk considerably. They were up 18-0 after one. This thing was a wrap until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. Where the Cowboys did that mysterious thing of of fumfing around on offense long enough and then Dak making some awful pick six to make it close. And then they go three and out, and the Washington football team with Kyle Allen has a chance to go down the field and tie it. And luckily for Dallas, it was just to tie it because they missed, you know, Dallas blocked an extra point. Washington was set up to potentially win that game. That's what I mean. Are they the Minnesota Vikings in Texas, which is an incredibly talented team with incredibly talented players and having trouble finishing? They had trouble finishing yesterday. Won the game, though, Rich. I mean, all no, week people uh, talked about McCarthy's guarantee and Washington was so great and it's a game Dallas could lose. won the game. Dallas won, and yeah. people who on Twitter who I guess failed to realize there were six other games going on at the same time, all they were doing was watching the Dallas game. It's like, yeah, we had a bad second half, but we won the game, no, and I that's understand. the bottom line. But my question like, is, is you, you pull that against Green Bay or, or, or Tampa, and you'll be watching. Perhaps. You'll be watching, unless... You say perhaps, I'll give you the unless. Or it's perhaps maybe more so than unless because unless makes it seem like it's unlikelier than likely because this is likely. And this is where the Cowboys, to me, become a championship threat. Number 11 is off the charts. He's fun. Micah Parsons. Monster. I'll say it, man. Go ahead and say it, Rich. I'll say it. I'm going to say it. (laughs) Say it with your chest. I'm going to say it. With my chest in the similar way that we're showing on the screen that Parsons put his helmet in Heineke's chest on a fourth down that changed the game. Hit him with the Heineke. <laughs> he hit Heineke with the Parsons, man. 
And that was a forced fumble that the Cowboys returned for a touchdown. And sure enough, that was a touchdown they needed later on in the game. I'll say it, Micah Parsons is the most impressive defensive rookie since Lawrence Taylor. And Lawrence Woo! Taylor won Defensive Player of the Year as a rookie with nine and a half sacks, which Parsons has put in his rearview mirror a long time ago. Mm-hmm. That's what we're seeing out of Dallas right now. That guy is a game wrecker, game changer. He is all that plus the biscuit. I don't think I'm overstating it. Because you can put Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers back there, and they can do what they normally do. And they are likely to do what they normally do. And they're likely to do what they normally do and take the lead against an offense that Dak clearly looks not like the Dak before he hurt his calf. Yeah. Period. End of story. And Zeke does not look like the Zeke before his bone bruise, which is what Irv called it on game day morning yesterday. And Tony Pollard is their biggest threat, big play guy, and he's got a partially torn plantar fascia. Apparently, it would be better for him if it was fully torn. I don't get it which is why I asked Del Tufo for help on how to get rid of my plantar fascia <laughs> playing tennis at age 52. Baseball. So, baseball. Oh, right I don't baseball. have my baseball here. You should here, tell but... Tony Pollard that. Yeah. Okay, and CeeDee Lamb's terrific and Gallup's terrific. They may have the best three receivers set out there in all of football. But if they're not playing offensively efficient and if they are banged up up front and Zach Martin got hurt yesterday. Tyron Smith. Then, well. then Rodgers and Brady are going to do what they are going to normally do. Until perhaps number 11 comes for them, pays a call, and changes the whole damn thing. Or rushes them to throw it towards seven. They've got two incredibly talented, off-the-charts talented defenders that can change the game. And I didn't think in a million years I'd be coming on this show ever. (laughs) Certainly not this year. Saying the Cowboys have two defensive player of the year candidates and two defensive player of the year candidates who can change the game, who could beat Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Kyler Murray. Parsons, Micah Parsons is unbelievable. He wrecked that game yesterday. So that's why I wonder, Cowboys, Super Bowl contenders, or a talented team that disappoints and can't finish? And you're left wondering why. I also can't believe you're more worried about the offense than the Cowboys' defense. You're not? No, I'm saying you can't. It's hard to believe that we're saying – uh, you're less worried about the defense than we are about the offense. Uh, the, yeah. Randy you know. Gregory had uh, a great game yesterday, yeah. too. Tank Lawrence coming up to speed. Yep. Oh, yeah. But the O, whew, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Let's take a break. Come back. And uh, I appreciate you put your resume on my desk, TJ, because I was <laughs> wondering if you're a winner or a loser, and we're going to make everybody prove it. I can't believe what's happening in Jacksonville. <laughs> I certainly could. I just cannot believe what's happening in Jacksonville, Florida right now. That's coming up next. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop 
from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code EISEN. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Are you guys winners or losers? I want to know. Come on, baby. I'm a winner, Rich. Excuse me. Think about it. Excuse me. Look at me. (laughs) He's put up the how about them cowboys and look at me. I'm a winner. Very good. Well, you're wearing like... No, oh. I've won it. I've won it swag. We know that. The Tom okay. Pelissero piece. Right, I mean, my colleague from the NFL media it. group, Tom Pelissero, <laughs> reporting on what's going on in Jacksonville, saying in the last couple of weeks that Marvin Jones, the wide, one of the wide receivers on the team, he's a veteran. Mm-hmm. But Marvin Jones has uh, had nice years for Cincinnati, Detroit. Detroit, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, with Matt Stafford. With Stafford and Galladay. I mean, he had some. Yeah. And so adding him. To, you know, this team, it's a nice move. Veteran move. Apparently left the facility because he was sick and tired of the carping he was hearing from Urban Meyer on the receiving court. <laughs> needed, to be, needed to be coaxed to come back. Remember last week I said the James Robinson benching in the previous week's loss for the Jaguars was weird. 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 He fumbles and he gets benched. And this year, it's just been an off year. Anybody who's got James Robinson in fantasy knows the kid who was so incredibly talented last year as an undrafted free agent yep. had a thousand yard rushing season for the Jaguars. That he this year has just been dreadful for him. And he gets benched because he he fumbled against the Rams here in Los Angeles. And then sat out for 20, what, some 26 plays in a row or something, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Right? And then after the game, Urban was asked about it. He's like, yeah, I got to look into it. I'm not in charge of that. The position coaches are in charge of that. I'm like, what do you mean you're not in charge of that? <laughs> yeah, you're the CEO coach. That's why you were hired. You're like, you've written books about this. You've given PowerPoints. TED Talks, probably, <laughs> on being the CEO coach. And, and according to uh, <laughs> Tom's piece, not only did he order the benching, he ordered the code red, you know, but um, blamed it on the coaches and afterwards didn't didn't own up to saying that, yeah, I benched him, saying it's on the coaches afterwards. But in between, he wasn't getting put back in the game until Trevor Lawrence went up to him and said, hey, he's one, why isn't he back we, in? And then the coach is like, all right, put him back in. But the worst of them all was Urban saying to the coaching staff this year that he was sick and tired of losing and that people wouldn't be back next year if it didn't turn around. That was after the second preseason loss. <laughs> but in the last couple of weeks, according to Tom Pelissero, and this is the one that jumps out, is that he sat his coaches down and had them defend their 
resumes because he's a winner and they're losers and they need to defend themselves to basically show why they should be sticking around doing what they're doing. So this was asked of Urban Meyer after they got shut out at the hands of the Titans yesterday. What's the answer? Uh, Start leaking information or some nonsense? No. No, that's nonsense. That's garbage. That's, uh, you know, that's once again, I've been very blessed. I've not really dealt with that. I've, I've not dealt with, well, did you hear what he said? What? No. Let's improve on offense and get our quarterback in a position to be successful. That's our focus. What? Someone's brother said, or someone said, someone said that will that will occupy very little of my time. And if if there is a source, that source is unemployed. I mean, within seconds, if there's some source that's doing it. Mm. I'll just say this here, folks: <laughs> the source isn't some brother, and the reason why Urban's never dealt with this before is. He's one of the winningest coaches in the history of college football. Again, the 10 losses that he's had right now in in Jacksonville, right? Or it's now 11, right? Is that what it is? It's tough to keep track. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the 11 losses are two more than he ever had at Ohio State combined, where nobody's talking about out of school about Urban Meyer. It was his way or the highway. He's the feudal lord of Columbus, Ohio, prior to that of Gainesville, Florida. That doesn't happen in the NFL, though. There's no feudal lords in the NFL. Even Belichick knows that. But he's got Lombardis in the case, not glass eggs in the case, right? In the NFL, that doesn't matter. And it's not the brothers of somebody talking, it's the players. It's the players. This is the NFL. Coaches who don't respect the ultimate coach talk. And I proffer to say Urban's bye week perhaps cost him the respect of coaches and players in that room. If you're being asked, you know, are you a loser? And the winner did what he did on his bye week, that's going to chafe professional football coaches. I'll tell you that. And it's the players. Tom Palosaro said the stuff, I'm assuming he learned about what was going on there with the players, telling the Rams after the game's over what's going on. They're unburdening themselves to their colleagues in Los Angeles. Players talk. Everybody talks. I have been around this block in the NFL coming up on 20 years. I have never been around a more chatty bunch that loves to talk about everybody else and themselves and what's going on in other people's houses more than NFL people. I mean, the Combine, you, I mean, honestly, you could probably go to a convention about soap operas and they talk less (laughs) than the Combine. And it's rumors. And it's rumors what you hear from this and that and the other thing. And it's not brothers. Um, You know, Nonsense. It's people talking about what they hear from other teams and agents and agents talk. And so I hear this and it's the latest example of me wondering, is it going to work here? Can it work here? Trevor Lawrence. You, this is, this is the golden jewel that has been placed in this man's care to develop. And Trevor Lawrence 
right now has a line stat line of nine touchdowns, 14 interceptions, quarterback rating of 68.9. That's 31st in the league. 30th is Justin Fields and 32nd is Zach Wilson. He's supposed to be where Mac Jones is playing in terms of development. I don't think anybody expects the first overall selected team to be atop of the conference, but there's got to be some sort of flashes here. Basically, all he's teaching Trevor Lawrence to do is speak up on behalf of his colleagues who should be playing next to him because he's being benched for whatever reason that, to me, is the nonsense. Nonsense is what happened during the bye week. And it's the latest example of me wondering, you know, this works better in college. Go back to college and get all the kids you want from the draft. And nobody's going to talk about what's going on in the coach's room. And the players aren't going to go up to the other players when the game's over and say, you have no idea what's going on here. Help me. I'm sending up a signal. I'm a free agent. Tell your team I'm coming, please. That's what happens in the NFL. Week in, week out. And Shad Khan knows it too. I don't know the answer. I'm just telling you what I think when I hear all this stuff. Mike Florio coming. 